May the Lord bless you, my dear brothers and sisters, and all of the rest of our viewers who are with us in our teaching. And the brothers said, almost seven months? Well, it's seven and a half months, almost. Seven and a half months that have passed, that have flown by. Time has flown by. And I'm amazed in seeing so many riches of doctrine that are in the Bible. That those spiritual riches, with good reason, the Lord always says, we must read the Bible. And the Holy Spirit to people, he says, read the Bible, read the Bible. And he always commands us to read the Bible. And so let us not grow tired in reading the Bible. Brother and sister, do not get tired in reading the Bible. Pastors, do not get tired in reading the Bible. Do not do anything else. Do not be distracted with all of the things that this, in this moment the world is presenting to us. Technology is presenting so many things, so many distractions. And be very careful and be cautious. The internet is something God has permitted in the world and it is a form of communication that is very useful and very good and very important. Knowing how to use it is good, but those who do not know how to use it, well, then it can be bad and can be destructive. And so, all the brothers and sisters, I repeat, the pastors in charge, the preachers, do not be distracted, please, with technology. Do not be so distracted with the internet because you then forget about God. You forget about reading the Bible. You forget about reflecting on the Lord. And you wait for maybe others to work, others to do things, and you think that you do not have the responsibility. But know this, every man, every woman, God has placed upon them a responsibility in their life. And this is what they then need to render account before the Lord one day. Be it for good or evil, or to earn eternal life, or to be condemned, they are in that lake of fire, as Revelation says. Either way, you will need to present yourself before God to render account of all of the works that you did here on earth and in your life. Good works or bad works. God will charge you. God will demand of you to be there. And God writes all of this down in a book. And so... Let us put aside all laziness. Let us put away all that discouragement or the desire to not do something. But let us take the time to read the Bible. Let us take the time to praise God. Let us not go into any type of exaggerations because there are people who write to me and say, well, my family member that who lives with me, we all live together, but he has such fanaticism at all the time, 24 hours a day. He's playing the hymns and the choruses out loud and he's praying all the time. And we cannot take time out to do other things that we need to do, like work and do other chores. Now, of course, do not go into extremes or be fanatical but yes devote the, the lord the time that you have throughout the day and also take the time to read the bible it doesn't mean that you're reading the bible all of the day everything that you do with your heart god will reward you and will bless you and so we will continue here learning of our god and 
also reviewing what we've already learned and waiting for God to have mercy to work a miracle and for the Lord to remove this pandemic and these difficulties that are occurring and that we are able to once again have the freedom to congregate in the church because there are many brothers and sisters that are now despaired and they want to congregate. They want laying on of hands. They want to receive prophecy. And this is true. This is that spiritual nourishment that we have. But very well, with our prayers, brothers and sisters, with our prayers, we will be asking God that he may again allow us to congregate as a church. For there are many people that want to know God's word. And so we're going to sing to the Lord. And you can sing while you stand or you can sing while you're seated. But we'll be singing hymn 199 titled In the Heavenly Pastures Fair. And there, however you are, if you're comfortable, let us sing to the Lord with all of our heart. Jehová es mi pastor, me apacienta con amor, en sus pastos delicados pasaré, descansando sin temor al abrigo del Señor, de las aguas de reposo beberé. El Señor me pastore. faltará junto a él caminaré en su brazo confiaré nada del amor de Dios me apartará mi pastor me guardará siempre me confortará por las sendas de justicia me guiará en el tiempo de dolor me será consolador, en mi corazón su paz infundirá. El Señor me pastorea, nada aquí me faltará. Junto a Él caminaré, en su brazo confiaré. Nada del amor de Dios me apartará. Oh, tan fiel es mi pastor, tan constante es en su amor, que en mi copa rebosando siempre está. Cuando en valle oscuro esté, mal ninguno temeré. A la casa de mi Dios iré a morar. El Señor me pastorea, nada aquí me faltará. Junto a Él caminaré, en su brazo confiaré. Nada del amor de Dios me apartará. Glorificado el nombre de nuestro Dios. God, and we thank the Lord for this moment and waiting for the Lord to be pleased with all that we do for Him. And we do so with all of our heart, with all our soul, all of our being, the very little or 
many things that we do, we do this way for Him, to glorify Him, to honor Him and give Him thanks, so that we may be accepted before His presence, so that He may hear our prayers and our petitions, that He may hear and answer. There are many promises that He has made us, and He has been fulfilling them day after day. The Lord fulfills any petition that we make Him. And so, we give God thanks, and for this, this is why we should honor Him as such with sincerity, and to be in His presence, giving Him thanks, and giving God the place He deserves. This mighty God in spirit and truth. Now, today, we will be reviewing, this is a teaching concerning the spiritual gifts. That's a old teaching the teaching that the brothers and sisters learn from the very moment they arrive to church because they have those experiences with the gift of prophecy. And so the first thing that we learn when we come to the church is concerning the spiritual gifts and the baptism with the Holy Spirit and the spiritual gifts and their manifestations. Now, there are many brothers and sisters who are new in the church and they they ask me to go deeper into the manifestation of each gift and how it is and what it is used for and why. And so today, now knowing the doctrine of the spiritual gifts, today what we will be doing is reviewing and looking at the spiritual gifts from a different point of view and what they're used for and what is the objective or the purpose that God gives us the spiritual gifts. Why does God give the spiritual gifts to believers? What is the function? What is the objective and the task and why? And so this is what we're going to review today. And so we're going to open our Bibles in Psalm 68, where there is a promise from God concerning the spiritual gifts or concerning the future. Now, I always speak to you about the future. When I speak of the future, it's because I'm reading an old book where the manifestation of our Lord Jesus Christ and His gospel had not taken place yet. Now, when I speak of the future, I am referring to Jesus Christ and His gospel and the man His manifestation. And so, Psalm 68, verse 18 we find a promise that our Heavenly Father made for the future. He made this promise for the future that was in reference to the coming of our Lord Jesus and the appearance of the Messiah, the Savior, His work, His function, and what He carried out on earth and that God would be giving a gift to men and women who believed in him, who followed his ways, his footsteps. So there would be this divine gift. Psalm 68 verse 18. Well, we'll read in 17. The chariots of God are 20,000. 
even thousands of thousands. The Lord is among them as in Sinai in the holy place. Now, why does it say that the Lord is among them as in Sinai? Now, I'm going to stray from the topic because sometimes it's so important. Some verses are so important to explain that I do like to give you the explanation so that the brothers and sisters are not left with the intrigue and question. And so it says the Lord comes from among Sinai. Now let us remember the Lord was with Moses in the wilderness when they left Egypt. He was with Moses on Mount Sinai and Moses went up to Mount Sinai and spent there 40 days and 40 nights speaking with God and seeing God's manifestation, God speaking to him and the Lord manifested to him and gave him the law and all of the instructions of all that he needed to do with the people of Israel. And so that's Sinai. It says the Lord is among them as in Sinai. Now, when the Lord was in Sinai with Moses, he manifested himself. Now, when Moses descended down to the people, the Lord was no longer there. He was from afar observing and watching. He was with Moses, supporting him, of course, giving his backing. And this is why the Lord is among them as in Sinai in the holy place, meaning the Lord he has moved from Sinai. He then went to the holy place and it was that physical tabernacle the Lord had ordered Moses to build and to construct. So he created a tabernacle and in that holy place, God manifested himself once a year to the high priest and he would speak to him. But that holy place, that sanctuary built by Moses and it has a symbolism for the future and that was the heart, the heart of the church of God, of the congregation of the Lord, made up and formed by our Lord Jesus Christ. That's that perfect sanctuary. That sanctuary is everlasting. And so the Lord took such good care of the sanctuary, that tabernacle in the, in the days of antiquity, because it was a symbolism for the future. So now the Lord is among them as in Sinai in the holy place. Now he says, you have ascended on high. Now here he is speaking to Jesus Christ, to the Messiah, the Son of God. He says, you have ascended on high. You have led captivity captive. When? When he came to earth, when he was born of a woman and he grew up and there he began to work and to preach the gospel in that physical land of Jerusalem. This is what he did. It says, you have ascended on high. You have led captivity captive meaning he enamored all of those that were captives by the devil who were slaves to the devil and prisoners of the devil all all at that point were completely turned away from the glory of god and the lord came to perform that great marvel to work miracles and signs and to speak of his gospel to soften the hearts of people so that they were not unbelieving and hard of heart and to accept the Lord, to accept the gospel, to accept our Lord Jesus Christ as the Son of God, as the one who had been sent by God. And that marvelous work the Lord came to perform and carry out to save, to remove sins, to save people. This, this is that great marvel that is spoken of here. You have ascended on high and you have led captivity captive. It says you have received gifts among men. You have received gifts among men and this is in reference to the spiritual gifts now it says even from the rebellious 
So even from the rebellious, and who were the rebellious? Well, his same people. The people of Israel, the Jews of that time, that were rebellious and unbelieving and did not accept him. They did not accept our Lord Jesus Christ as the Messiah, as the one who had been sent by God. They were the rebellious. Now it says, you have received gifts among men, even from the rebellious, that the Lord God might dwell there. The Lord to dwell among them there because the Lord needed to come to dwell in that spiritual tabernacle that spiritual tabernacle that our Lord Jesus Christ would be transforming from physical he then transformed it to spiritual that tabernacle the house of God that mountain of the Lord the mountain of Zion the church of God the hearts of men and women who convert who have converted and will convert to God to that pure gospel that is the tabernacle where God will dwell. This is why he descended from Sinai to go to his holy place. Because that sanctuary he perfects or Jesus Christ is perfecting it. And God will be there in that tabernacle. And so he gave gifts to men. Now aside from turning them into the people of God in his church, he also gives them those marvelous gifts, the spiritual gifts. And so what are the spiritual gifts for? Why? Well, in the, in the time of antiquity, the prophets, the men of God, they didn't have those experiences that today we have with the Holy Spirit. In the time of antiquity, the Lord spoke to the prophets every now and again. The Lord would come, the Spirit of God would come and would come upon the prophet, give him visions and dreams, or would even take and use his mouth, his tongue, to speak and to prophesy. And when the Lord finished the work that he needed to do, once again, he would leave out of the prophet, and the prophet would just be another human being. This is why sometimes someone would go and inquire of the prophet. Someone would go to inquire of God with the prophet and say, I've come here so God reveals this and that. And he would say, well, I have no word of God in this moment. I have no word of the Lord. And now and on other occasions, the prophet would say, God has hidden this from me and did not want to reveal it to me. This is sometimes what the prophets would say because the Spirit of God would come every now and again and would use them only when God wanted. That is how the Spirit of God manifested. And we also see that the story tells that when Saul was king, he was moved into another man, that the Spirit of God came, used his mouth, and Saul began to prophesy along with the other priests that were prophesying, the prophets. And people admired and said, how? How is Saul, is a, how is he among the prophets? If Saul is not from the tribe of Levi, he does not belong to the priests and the prophets. Why is he prophesying? But this was the question. Well, because God wanted to give Saul that experience in that moment. And so, God, also with Samson, the story tells Samson, he was a very strong man, but... He was not strong all the time, and he didn't have that strength all the time. It was every now and again when the Spirit would come and possess Samson, and he was filled with strength, and immediately he could destroy 
and erase a complete place. This is why it says that he held on to the pillars of the temple of the Philistines and there he destroyed the temple and in the end he died along with all of the other people that were there because of the strength that he had. But that strength was the spirit of God that possessed him in a moment. God fulfilled what he wanted and then he goes out of Samson and he then continued to be an ordinary man. And this is why that story of Samson, people share it, people read about it, and they like it a lot. They like that story. But it was God. It was the Spirit of God in moments that he would come to a person and then the Spirit of God would leave and, and go out of them. Now, it is not the same with the Gospel. Things do not occur this way in the gospel. The gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ that has been established for over 2,000 years. It says the Lord gave gifts to men and women. And this gift, as it says, gifts among men of those believers in Jesus Christ because not all of mankind receives the spiritual gifts. And even from the rebellious, well, the Lord, he did keep his word. He fulfilled it in that time over 2,000 years ago now, when he manifested himself, he offered and promised. He says, I'm leaving, but I'm going to leave you the Holy Spirit. I will send the Holy Spirit, the promise of the Father. The Holy Spirit will be with you forever. And he will teach you. He will guide you. He will lead you. And so the sign is that you will speak other tongues. You will speak another language. And the sign is that you will perform miracles. You will lay hands upon the ill. And you will see miracles, wonders, and I will give you power, and you will have power and spiritual gifts. And you will do many great things, greater than what I am doing, said the Lord. And you will have those spiritual gifts. And it will be God in every heart, in every life of those who seek the Lord and keep his commandments. These were the marvelous promises our Lord Jesus Christ made, very different from what had happened with the people of Israel, with the prophets of the time of antiquity, and with the great men of God in the time of antiquity, which was just a moment. God's manifestation was a moment for it with them. And then later came the spiritual gifts, and our Lord Jesus Christ taught and said these spiritual gifts were forever. They were constant in the life of human beings because the spiritual gifts, what were they used for? Well, the spiritual gifts were used for the spiritual growth of a person, of that man or woman, and also for the spiritual growth and to win over many souls for God so that men and women are capable of becoming those children of God and they're capable of rejecting sin at the given moment and capable of resisting against the devil in, that, in those days of uh, those evil days. And so it's used for many things. And so we're going to continue reading here in Acts, the book of Acts. Now reading concerning this very important topic of the Holy Spirit, but I have already taught you how the manifestation in the time of antiquity was, the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. This is why in the time of antiquity, we do not see that the prophet lays hands upon people and that someone goes and lays hands and gives prophecy. We don't see that. The prophet had a direct revelation from God through a dream or vision or in that moment that God would use his mouth, he would speak. But other than that, 
it didn't happen. And those prophecies that those prophets of the time of antiquity, everything that the Lord sent the prophets to speak in the time of antiquity was all a, a wake up call to the people of Israel who were sinning. He was giving them a wake up call saying, hey, do not sin anymore. Turn away from all evil and sin and turn away from idolatry. Don't do this. And if you do that, if you continue doing this, I will punish you with this and that. But if you obey me, then I will bless you. And look, all of the blessings I have for you in the future, for all of those who obey me and subject themselves to my will. And so these were the prophecies. And the Lord spoke of the Messiah. In the time of antiquity, he used the prophets greatly to speak of the Messiah, to speak of the Savior, to speak of a perfect king who would come in the future, of a salvation, of eternal life, of a new life for men, and transformation and happiness and peace. The Lord spoke all of these things through the prophets to the people and speaking of the future that would come. And what would come? is that day of the Lord manifesting himself to bless men and women. And so those who heard all of these prophecies of these prophets, they some were excited and happy. The people would say, well, when will this happen? When will it occur? When will these days come to pass when God will give us this peace and this joy? And so much will be the harmony and joy that the Lord says that we're going to live along with the bear, the serpent, the lion, and that no harm will come to us from these animals. So imagine the peace that God will give us. When will this day come? Well, people would ask themselves this question. But that day was after Jesus Christ, after the coming of our Lord Jesus. And those ferocious beasts, they were not the physical beasts of the land, but it was the devil, the, the demons, the forces of evil that are there in the world causing harm. And this is what the Lord was referring to, that peace that he was going to grant from all of that. And so this is what the prophecy was concerning in the time of antiquity. And someone says, well... Why is it that in the Old Testament we don't see that they lay on hands and that they prophesy? Well, now you know. The prophecy in the time of antiquity was to speak of the future, to speak of the Messiah, to speak of the Savior, the Son of God. Now, when our Lord Jesus Christ came, the Lord continues to speak. And he says, I will give you the spiritual gifts and my Holy Spirit. My spirit will be with you forever. And there then they came, there came a new phase of salvation, something new, a new method of salvation. And the Lord then says, I will give you the spiritual gifts and you all will be endowed with that power from on high. You will speak in tongues. You will lay hands upon the sick. You will interpret tongues and you will do this and that. And the spiritual gifts, they will be among you in the church, among the believers, among the children of God, in those who come and believe and accept. So God will give them this manifestation so that they believe so that they are perfected, so that they edify their spiritual life. And so you see the difference in the behavior or in the function of the spiritual gifts in the New Testament with the gospel of our Lord. Very different compared to how the Spirit of God worked in the time of antiquity with the prophets. Now, I hope that this is all clear to you, this beautiful topic, Acts 2.38, which says, now here, in 238, now this is concerning when 
the Spirit, the Holy Spirit, came upon them for the first time. Now, our Lord Jesus Christ had told his apostles there was a group of people who had believed in him, in him and he said, do not leave Jerusalem. Wait, wait until that power from on high has come. The Holy Spirit comes and he endows you with power. And so wait. So the Lord, he ascended into heaven in a cloud, hid him. And so they obeyed the Lord and they went to a place where there was an upper chamber and there they began to pray and to wait, to pray and to wait for the promise of the spiritual gifts, the promise of the Holy Spirit, the promise that the Psalm said he was going to give gifts among men. This promise when the Lord said, I'm leaving, but I will send you another helper, the Holy Spirit. He will be with you forever. This promise they waited for in that upper chamber, and so it occurred. For the Holy Spirit did come, and they all began to speak other tongues, other dialects, other languages. They began to prophesy. And then Peter, he began to give his discourse to preach the gospel of our Lord. And in his discourse, in 37, Chapter 237, he says, now when people, when they heard, when they heard Peter's discourse, now when they heard this, they were cut to the heart and said to Peter and the rest of the apostles, men and brethren, what shall we do? What shall we do after what we have seen and what we have heard? You're speaking in tongues, you're prophesying. And you're preaching this gospel of Jesus Christ. What shall we do? And so, Peter says to them in 38, Repent. Why did he say repent? Well, yes, because they had despised our Lord Jesus Christ, and they had killed him. They led him to the cross of Calvary, so they needed to repent from that. He says, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ. He said, you need to be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ because up till now you have believed in God the Father. And you did not want to accept the Lord Jesus Christ when he was here preaching. You led him to the cross of Calvary. Now, if you want, if you want to have eternal life, you ask me, what shall you do? Well, then accept Jesus Christ as the Son of God, as the Savior, the Messiah, as the only begotten of the Father. Accept him. And so this is why he says to them, Repent, and let every one of you be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive, after this, it says, You shall receive the gift. The gift of the Holy Spirit that God had promised in the time of antiquity. That our Lord Jesus Christ, He had promised some days before. He had promised to his apostles the gift of the Holy Spirit. And he says, you shall receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. But this gift of the Holy Spirit is not like how today, some places, even this day, there are some groups of people, there are some congregations who say, accept Jesus Christ, so raise your hand. I, okay, I've raised my hand and now say, I accept Jesus Christ. Okay, I accept Jesus Christ. Great. You've now received the Holy Spirit. That is what some congregations do. That is not receiving the Holy Spirit. Receiving the Holy Spirit is living the experience that they lived here. 
when it says that the Holy Spirit came upon them and they were all filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak with other tongues. They began to speak in different languages and they prophesied. And to each person, they would give prophecy. They would speak of their problems. They would speak of their life and help them to resolve many things. This is what they were doing. This was the evidence of having received the Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit. And then to receive it, you have to speak other tongues, another language. And they are angelical tongues that the person themselves don't understand what they're saying, but they can't speak in their own natural tongue. They can't because the Holy Spirit has taken them. And so this person begins to speak and speak a language, a tongue that they themselves don't understand. They are angelical tongues, spiritual tongues. And after that, then comes prophecy. And so the Lord or the Holy Spirit begins to speak to people. He speaks to each person. This is receiving the gift of the Holy Spirit. Do not be confused. Do not deceive yourself that because you raised your hand and said, I accept Jesus Christ, now I have the Holy Spirit. But you didn't speak in tongues, you didn't prophesy, you have no spiritual gift. No, those are not the spiritual gifts. And so the spiritual gifts have a manifestation. There's evidence. They make themselves evident so that we may believe and understand that yes, we've received them. We have the Holy Spirit. Now we continue in chapter 10, Acts. Acts chapter 10, verse 45 and 46. We see the manifestation of the gift of the Holy Spirit. Now we find the manifestation of the Holy Spirit when, when Peter visited the house of Cornelius. Cornelius, he was a Gentile, he was not a Jew. He was a Gentile, and the Holy Spirit revealed to Peter to go and visit Cornelius' home. And he did. He went and he spoke of the gospel. He spoke of Jesus Christ, and they believed. And the Holy Spirit came. And so in verse 45, And those of the circumcision, meaning Peter and all of those who were with him and who had gone to Cornelius' home, but in verse 44, it says, while Peter was still speaking these words, he was giving his discourse of the gospel of Jesus Christ and those who were accompanying him, and they were Jews. It says that the Holy Spirit fell upon all those who heard the word. And those of the circumcision, meaning Peter and those who were accompanying him, it says, who believed were astonished as many as came with Peter because the gift of the Holy Spirit had been poured out on the Gentiles also. So this Holy Spirit, the gift of the Holy Spirit is you see here. And why? Why did they know that the Holy Spirit had descended upon Cornelius' house and that him and his family they had the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. How did they know that they had received the Holy Spirit? Well, easy. Verse 46, it says, For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. This is how Peter realized that they received the gift of the Holy Spirit. Just as you can see, 
maybe you had been deceived in other places and people say, well, the moment that you raised your hand and you believed and you made a, a covenant, now you have the Holy Spirit. You don't. You need to speak in tongues. And you might say, well, this is, it has passed. That was only for that time, not, not for today. But why is it for that time and not today? Has God gotten tired or has God run out of power? Or has God lied to us? Because he said this was forever. And that for God, time does not exist. The days or the years don't exist for God. Everything is the same to him yesterday, today, and always. It is all the same for God. And so, are you calling God a liar? That should not be so. God says, you must speak in tongues when you receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. And so it must be. Let us not deceive ourselves, but as we are reviewing, we are seeing, we're going over the spiritual gifts and their manifestation, and it is important as well to speak concerning this topic, that the gift of the Holy Spirit is with evidence, and not just with people's assumptions. Now, let us go to 1 Corinthians 12. Now we're going, 1 Corinthians is where all of the experiences of the Holy Spirit are. Now, the Ap Apostle Paul in 1 Corinthians, he is teaching concerning this topic of the spiritual gifts, the topic of the spiritual gifts and their manifestation. And he was teaching the church in Corinth. Now, these are teachings that are useful to us because, well, today we have lived these experiences. We are living them of speaking in tongues and having prophecy, the uh, visions and dreams. Well, all of these spiritual gifts, thanks be to the Lord. Now, Paul, he was teaching in that time. Now, he said, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. Now, they were Gentiles. He says, you know that you were Gentiles carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. So they were carried away by false beliefs and, and idols. You practice all of these things. Now, he says, therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus a curse, meaning that he's a liar, that he's not true, that he's a, a, a lie. No one can dare say that because... No one can say that Jesus Lord is Lord except by the Holy Spirit, meaning the Holy Spirit is exalting Jesus Christ, that he is the Son of God, the only begotten of the Father. He is the Savior. It says the Spirit is the one that bears witness to all of us that Jesus Christ is that person who God was going to send and that he was spoken of and prophesied by the prophets of the time of antiquity. This is what verse 3 means. Verse 4, there are diversities of gifts. There are diversities of gifts, but the same Spirit. It is the Holy Spirit, the one who gives the manifestation of those gifts. So the Holy Spirit spreads and divides those spiritual gifts, and he uses them in different ways. And he has the gift of healing, the gift of miracles. Well, it is all done by the Holy Spirit. It is the same. Now it says in verse 6, 
in verse 4, again, there are diversities of gifts, but the same spirit. Verse 5, there are di differences of ministries, but the same Lord, meaning there's different functions and work that you need to carry out because the ministries here is carrying out work. Now, if you have received the gift of healing, God, first, he gives you the baptism with the Holy Spirit the first time you speak in tongues. But after that, he gives the gift of healing. And so what do you do with the gift of healing so that you know you have the gift of healing? Well, God through prophecy says, I have given you the gift of healing. And you say, well, now how do I know that this gift will work that I have? What, how will I work? Well, you lay hands upon those who are sick. Now, logically, we do this in the congregation. In the congregation, when we gather together as a church, we work those spiritual gifts. We will not say, okay, well, God said you have the gift of healing, so now you go to the commercial plazas, you go to the shopping malls, and you go out on the street where there are many people, you go to the parks, you go to different places, and you go to the, all the sick, hey, all the sick, come, I have the spiritual gift, I will lay hands on you, I will pray for you. No, that's ridiculous. That is putting the word of God into mockery for people to make fun and people to laugh at, to laugh at the things of God, for people to say, they're crazy, these people are insane. That's what could happen. No, you cannot do things that way. If you have the gift of healing, it is within the church, in the congregation that you will put into practice this this gift you will lay hands upon those who are sick and you will ask god to heal them and as god has given you that spiritual gift god heals that person that is how that gift is worked and that we call that ministry or, or, or what, what do I do so that my spiritual gift of healing, so that I see that it's working and people can realize it, well, then I act. I work. And while I'm working that, I'm carrying out that function. I am showing with this action that I am praying for someone that is sick. That if I pray for 10, maybe two are healed and the other eight are not, but I'm still fulfilling that gift that God has given me. This is that work, that ministry. So that work, that carrying out of what you are doing after receiving the gift of healing, this we call that ministry. And so people might ask, well, in your church, in your church, what is the ministry you have? Do you have a ministry in your church? Well, yes. And what is it? The gift of healing. I have the ministry of the gift of healing that God has given me the spiritual gift. So my work, my job in the church, my, my duty is to lay hands for healing. This is the ministry God has given me. Now here, it says there are diversities of activities, but it is the same God who works all in all. So God here is exalting the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But as the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit are one, so it is the same God, or it is the same Holy Spirit, or it is the same Lord who does the work in all and for all. Only that here, the apostle, he wanted to specify and break down. But at the same time, in the moment of truth, it is one who does all things. It is 
the Holy Spirit, or it is God, or it is the Lord. It is uh, all the same. So there are diversities of activities again. Now, activities, surely this are, these are miracles, great things of grandeur. For example, to resurrect a person that is dead. For example, when our Lord Jesus Christ resurrected Lazarus, when Lazarus resurrected, the Lord performed an operation that is more than just a miracle. And it says here, there are diversities of activities but it is the same God who works all in all. So Father, Son, and Holy Spirit and in all the spiritual gifts that exist and the dividing of the spiritual gifts, it says it is God who works all in all. It is the same. They, in all, He is the same. But, verse 7, but to each believer, to each believer, is given so to each man each woman is given the manifestation of the spirit to each one for the profit of all for to one is given the word of so 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 a person who maybe has the gift of healing they are happy i'm joyful because god has given me the gift of healing i am joyful because god has given me this gift i'm happy because the lord has given me this gift of healing either the Lord or the Holy Spirit or God, He has given them to me and I'm happy. And people say that when I lay hands upon them, they were healed. That their head hurt and I laid hands upon them and the headache went away. I'm so happy. This is the, the profit for all. Meaning I am prof I profit because I'm happy because God is using me. I feel useful. So it's for the profit of all. And now and we continue. For to one, so either a man or a woman, verse 8, for to one is given the word of wisdom through the Spirit. So if he gives the word of wisdom to a person, well, this person is very happy. Because with their gift of wisdom, they read the Bible, they understand it easily, they understand all of the verses, the, the titles, the stories. They understand everything with such ease. And if someone asks them and they say, speak to me about God or share your experience with me. Why are you in that church? Why have you believed in God and in Jesus Christ? And so this person with their wisdom begins to speak and to say to them in such a way that it convinces that person and they win over many people for God because God has given them that word of wisdom, or the Holy Spirit has given them that gift, or the Lord gave them that gift. And so this person it had, doesn't have so many problems in their life because since they have wisdom, they know how to manage people well. They know how to ha be patient with people. They know when to speak and when not to speak. They know how to be prudent. They know when to be silent. They know how to hold a secret, and they know how to avoid getting into gossip. They know that they should not offend anyone. They know that they cannot hold resentment against any people, any person. They, sh they know that they can't be envious because their wisdom teaches them not to be envious or greedy or selfish or have that selfish ambition. You know what wisdom is for? 
it is used for so many things. It is used to live a perfect life, an upright life before God. They know to distinguish between the good and bad and to be considerate of people and have love and have mercy of other people and tolerance with a person, to be patient with someone. They know that this person has spirit, so you must be patient with them. And will that other person, what I need to do is I need to lay hands upon them so God delivers them. A person with wisdom works marvels. They live a life full of beauty, spiritual beauty. And they have aptitudes that are highlighted. And this person with wisdom, they receive honors from many people and praises. Because you see what wisdom does, how beautiful it is. Now, it says here, after we read concerning the functions and the manifestations of the Spirit, I think you will choose which spiritual gifts you want. Surely, I'm sure. Now, here, verse 8. We were here reading in verse 8. Now, after reading of the word of wisdom through the Spirit, it says, To another, the word of knowledge through the same Spirit. Well, this knowledge is also the Spirit of God who gives it. The same Lord, the same God, He gives that, that word of knowledge. And so, what is knowledge for? Well, what is knowledge? It is knowing, it is being aware of and, and understanding, comprehending, and being well capacitated for many good things, because of course this is all for what is good. And to know many profound things and understand them. Knowledge, it leads you to a greater, deeper knowledge of things and like discernment as well. Someone can read the Bible and someone says, well, teach me about the Bible, read the Bible to me. I, I see this and I'm reading this and I don't understand it. Now, a person who has that knowledge for God has given them that spiritual gift, they are able to understand and to comprehend in that moment what people are asking, what people are, are, are saying, explain this to me because they have knowledge. They have that ability and the ease to understand and just know and to assimilate things. And so they live it with other people and they give to other people. People also live of this person. They are even capable of interpreting a dream, interpreting a vision because they have knowledge. They have this gift God has given them. They knew how to resolve a problem. They knew how to resolve a difficulty. They know how to manage any sort of dealing, whether it be physical or spiritual, because they have this capacity. God has given it to them. They have that gift of knowledge. And so, you see, this gift of knowledge, it's also kind of hand-in-hand hand with wisdom. They kind of do go hand in hand. Another gift, faith. It says in verse 9, to another faith by the same Spirit. And of course, again, it's the same Spirit of God. That gift of faith, how beautiful 
and very envious someone to who God gives this gift of faith to. So when God gives the gift of faith to a person, that person fully trusts in God. They trust and believe with security what God has spoken, what God is teaching in the Bible, for example. When you read Psalms, and it says in a psalm, when you are in danger, do not fear. Call out to the Lord. Call out to him in the day of anguish, and he will hear you and he will answer. Those who have the gift of faith believe. They believe in this verse. And when they have a problem, hardship in their life, they remember that verse and they say, I need to believe and I need to trust in God. And I trust in him because he will lift me up. He will help me. I trust in God. People are threatening me that around the corner of a certain place, they're waiting for me to take my life. But God has said, I will live so many years and I will see this and that. And so that will not be fulfilled. So I trust in God and I will not be afraid of those threats. That a situation came, a crisis, a crisis and all will die of hunger. All will die of an illness because this and that happened. Well, I trust that God said he is going to protect me, that I would, he was going to preserve me, that I would not be ill, that he would be with me and everything will go well. Well, I trust and I believe in God. That if someone comes and says to you, well, you're going to be imprisoned because they're accusing you of being a false person that you've done so many things, bad things, and they're going to take you to prison. And then they investigate whether it's true or not that they should take you to prison and to keep you there. And when you are in prison, then that's when the investigation begins. And if you are innocent, you leave. And if you're not innocent, well, he says, well, I don't think I'm going to go to prison because I trust in God, because God said I won't, that he is going to protect me and that I will not go to prison. And so it is fulfilled. Those who have the gift of faith believe, they trust with fullness, that security, with that conviction. And they trust and God protects them, blesses them and places them on high and does not allow anything bad to happen. That's the gift of faith, to trust. To trust, believe in God with security and with conviction. And so, it's that. If you want to have that gift of faith to receive blessings from God, ask the Lord to give you that gift of faith. And it's that, to have the complete security of receiving something God has promised despite seeing things completely different and backwards to how I'm seeing it. That's when that gift comes into function when you begin to have that security and trust in the Lord. The gift of faith. Now, it says, another gift of healings. We've spoken about that already. To another, to another man or woman, the Lord gives the working of miracles. Verse 10. The gift of working of miracles. He gives to a man or woman, to a brother or sister. He gives that gift of working miracles how beautiful that is as well the gift of miracles it goes a bit hand in hand with faith and so god gives the gift of miracles to a brother and he is always praying for people 
And people inquire of him and seek him. And they say, I, I want advice from this person. I have this problem. Look, uh, I'm threatened. I've been threatened. Where I live, they've threatened me. I don't know what to do. I can't leave that area. I can't live there from that home because I have no money. But they threaten me. My neighbors, they're going to kill me or they're going to kill some of my loved ones and my family. What am I going to do? I'm between a, a rock and a hard place because I can't leave. And so... The person who has the gift of miracles lays hands and prays and says, Lord, cut this danger that this brother has. Look, he is being threatened. Their neighbors are threatening to kill him or his family. And he does not have the financial ability to leave and flee from the danger and to hide. He can't do so. Lord, protect him. Do not allow this to happen. And as this person has the gift of miracles, God supports him. And so what happens? Well, also, if they have the gift of prophecy, he says, don't worry, that won't happen. And what does God do? Well, God maybe even perhaps takes the life of that person who was making those threats or causes that person to maybe go away and to disappear. And there God resolves the problems for people. There was a miracle performed. A miracle because this family is now living in peace and the danger has been cut away and disappeared. It's this, the gift of miracles. The gift of miracles is resolving or for things to happen that are not in the human capacity to do. Human beings with their own abilities cannot resolve problems or do, do specific things because they're human. But God's power or the gift God has given to a person, this person with their prayer, God supports it and their spiritual gift begins to function. And so it allows things, those bad things to not happen. For example, another miracle, something biblical when Elisha, the prophet Elijah, when he began his work and function as a prophet, there was something floating in the water and I don't re quite remember the story at this moment but there was something floating in the water and what was it again brother? Oh, well thank you brothers they're helping me here and so there came something that fell to the very bottom of the water and he needed it and so he, Elisha, he said, okay, well, I'm going to throw a rope or a piece of wood, throw it there to the water. And the miracle was that what he, what he needed ended up coming back to the wood. And it, it was a miracle in that moment because it was impossible for that to ever happen. And sometimes people don't understand what miracles are. And now here it says he gives to another the gift of working miracles, but people don't understand what the miracle is. Well, the miracle is not just does it have to deal with maybe a sickness or that there's someone dead and then they resurrected like Lazarus. That was also a miracle that the Lord performed in resurrecting him. Or a person that is sick 
and then they arose and they started to walk those are those are miracles yes a miracle is any circumstance in life that seems difficult for a human being to perform or to take away or to better or to change and so what happens with this person who has the gift with their prayers then the miracle is performed the miracle is performed and so for example if someone is maybe on the highway and then there's uh, thundering lightning and rain it's very very dangerous to drive on the highway and so the person who has a gift of miracles they say lord please calm the rain let it cease let all of this tempest this storm let it cease because maybe there's lightning that can take our life and so the lord then removes it in seconds there was a miracle performed who did that well, a brother or a sister who had the gift of miracles and God heard them because he gave them that spiritual gift and God performed the miracle. And so now you are learning what a miracle is, right? It's not just with sicknesses, but with the difficult circumstances, other things, miracles. Now, it says another gift, another gift here in verse... 10 we were speaking of those miracles and now it's prophecy the gift of prophecy well let's leave the gift of prophecy for the end now we will speak of prophecy in the end now let's continue with another spiritual gift it says discerning of spirits and different kinds of tongues well the gift well brothers and sisters verse 10 it says discerning of spirits and so what is discerning of spirits what is to discern well to discern is to distinguish to distinguish the spirit that is in a person okay well the discernment of spirits god gives also to brothers and sisters so that in the church, in the church there are many people that come and there are people who come maybe with witchcraft and sorcery, curses. And there are many people who have spirits in their life, in their body, in their being. And these demons are camouflaged in that person, but every, every now and again they cause them to react for their own uh, jeopardy and the people they suffer the people who have these spirits these demons they suffer and they cause others to suffer their families suffer those at home suffer those at school college at work suffer those who surround this person suffer with those demons because when they erupt well then there are people who are even aggressive and verbally aggressive they begin to rant and to begin to insult and to lie and to deceive and they do these things and even at work and so the other people they say well this person i we can't stand this person they're intolerable i'm afraid of this person and so these are the different types of manifestations of the different demons and spirits that are are inside of people now when people come to church and when the brother or sister have the gift of discerning of spirits they begin to speak to this person man or woman and begins to notice and to discover that they have spirits they have evil spirits and so this brother or sister with their gift of discerning of spirits they say okay well this this sister has evil spirits this sister has demons i'm going to pray for them and lay on hands 
and then I hear that they speak to me and say things, but now I'm realizing it's not the person speaking, it's not him or her, it's the spirits. It's a person that is bound, and they have problems, and they have problems in their marriage because of the same spirits that they have. They don't have peace, they don't have joy, and so they're going to get a divorce or they're going to separate because their spirits don't allow them to have peace and to have understanding with their partner because of those evil spirits. And so, continue coming to church, they advise them. I will pray for you. I will lay hands upon you. I will rebuke those spirits. And so they begin to rebuke those, those sorcery, the witchcraft, everything that they see. Because those who have the discerning of spirits, they know and they are seeing those other person's demons. And sometimes the Lord gives them that gift of discernment along with visions. And in visions, they make known to that person the spirits that that person has. And so the person begins to lay hands and begins to pray and rebuke and say, Lord, remove the pride, remove the rebellion, remove this way of ranting and being aggressive and 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 physically aggressive and, and this, remove the lies, the spirit of lies from this person. Remove the spirit of laziness that does not allow the person to work because in that spirit of slumber because they only want to do is sleep 24 hours a day. Lord, remove this spirit of drug addiction because they like to consume drugs. Lord, take away all of these evil things. Those who have the gift of discerning of spirits lays on hands and prays to God for that person. Don't you think these spiritual gifts are beautiful, brothers and sisters? How beautiful are the spiritual gifts God gives us? And so each person in the church, in the congregation, lays on hands and with their discernment, they know what they should be praying and rebuking for, the witchcraft or the sorcery, and that's perfect. And so we are speaking here of the manifestations of the spiritual gifts one day we will also need to teach about the deceivement of the enemy the devil when he steps in to try and deceive but that's something separate now we continue with another gift and what's the one that's next it says to another different kinds of tongues okay to another different kinds of tongues so to another person he gives different kinds of tongues now, I'm not sure if maybe these different kinds of tongues is the same when the apostle says, all speak in tongues. Well, I give God thanks that I speak in tongues more than all of you. Well, I think it's about the same. Now, surely now the tongues, they can't be understood unless, of course, there is an interpreter, but it is difficult to interpret. But, either way, we wouldn't be walking around with an interpreter at all times. And so we pray and we begin to speak in tongues and you don't understand what you're saying. But, when it says, there are different kinds of tongues, and to another it says the interpretation of tongues, that's the person that is interpreting like someone interpreting another, another language, and this occurs in the, in the church, another gift of interpretation of tongues now if you desire it ask god to give you this gift as well how do we work the gift of interpreting of tongues well 
You are praying. You're speaking in tongues. Now, if you have that gift of interpretation, God gives that interpretation to you of the tongues you're speaking, and you understand it with your natural language, what it is that God wants, because these are prophecies, or this is also praise and worship to God. Or maybe you're listening to the person next to you speaking in tongues, and you discover that those tongues that this person is speaking, they are not of the Holy Spirit, or it was a deceiving spirit. And you also discover that when this person is speaking in tongues, what they were doing was giving a prophecy or they were emitting a song to God. And so the person who has the gift of interpreting tongues can interpret what God is speaking and saying. This is a gift. Very well. Now you will look to see if it is interesting to you or not. Now here there are different kinds of tongues. And so there are people who speak many tongues, many, many tongues, and they, all they do is speak in tongues. They're always speaking in tongues. I consider here, as Apostle Paul says, I speak tongue, more tongues than all of you. And well, this happens to me too. I can spend two or three hours speaking in tongues. I've always had this from the very moment that I received the baptism with the Holy Spirit. I have this ability to speak many tongues. Now, if I go down the street and I begin to reflect on the Lord and I begin to exalt God with something beautiful that I see in nature, immediately the tongues are here. And so I'm, it's easy to speak in tongues for me. Now, if I begin to sing to the Lord and to reflect and think of, of the Lord, well, the tongues are there in my mouth. And so I do speak in many tongues and i thank the lord i'm i've gotten kind of spoiled with it now the day that i maybe make a prayer and i don't speak in tongues i, I think wow god was not with me i didn't speak in tongues but no and so this is for the edification of their own person i'm edified when i speak in tongues because i feel that god is with me i feel that god exists that he is real because this manifestation that i have well I can't draw that out humanly. This edifies me. And so, the interpreting of tongues here, now in verse 11, but one and the same Spirit, so all of these spiritual gifts are given by God, and the same Spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as He, God, wills. So it is distributed however God wills. Now, here we see concerning the spiritual gifts. Now in verse 12, For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. Now, as the body is one, the body of Christ is the church, the congregation, the people, and the head, of course, is Christ. Now the body has many members. Yes, you've got nails, you've got fingers, you have your legs, you have your ears, you have your nose, your, your eyes. These are the different members of the body. Likewise, this is how God is with his spiritual gifts. God has those spiritual gifts and he distributes them to the believers, men and women, and each man, each woman, they work the spiritual good God, the gift God has given them. There's sometimes who are, there are people who have many different spiritual gifts. There are others who have all of the spiritual gifts. The prophet, for example, they have all of the spiritual gifts. The evangelist or the teacher, they have all of the spiritual gifts. 
they all, the apostle, have all of the spiritual gifts because God supports them in all of these aspects. But to the believers in the church, the common thing and what God highlights or he emphasizes on is one specific gift. Although he gives many gifts, generally the Lord is always giving the gift of prophecy. And in that midst of that gift, he gives other gifts. But as you can see, there are many beautiful, precious gifts that we must ask the Lord for aside from just prophecy and laying on hands for healing. And so these gifts now verse 13 for by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body that body is that body of the church and it says whether jews or greeks whether slaves or free now here it does not distinguish between races god gives to all to the the slaves he gives the spiritual gifts to the free he gives spiritual gifts and it says and have all been made to drink into one spirit so he gave them to drink into one spirit meaning that they all should be participants in all of the spiritual gifts so there are no races here god gives the, the spiritual gifts to all now it says for in fact the body is not one member but many it says if the foot so the foot or the ear or or the hand cannot put down the other parts of the body because they are all needed all of the members of the body are needed in order to work and to function just as all of us we need we need our two feet well we need our arms our fingers in order to work and do things likewise it is the same in the church the body which is the church of God made up of men and women the body of Christ and the Lord gave all of the spiritual gifts to all of the members so that they all may work because they are all necessary the others depend on the others and they all work together in function and all together what comes is harmony and the spiritual edification and that spiritual growth and that spiritual progress so God gives all of that in the church. And what might be, or let's now speak of the gift of prophecy. Chapter 14. It now speaks of the gift of prophecy. In verse 10 of 14. 14, verse 1. Pursue love and desire spiritual gifts but especially that you may prophesy so it is better to prophesy now here in verse 3 of chapter 14 it says but he who prophesies speaks edification and exhortation and comfort to men and so we had said that the gift of prophecy we were going to leave it for the end so the gift of prophecy and it says that it is the greatest of the gifts the gift of prophecy all of the other spiritual gifts of course are important they're indispensable in the church and in the believers but the gift of prophecy is greater because it says prophecy it is the holy spirit well god gives the gift of prophecy to a person and to many to many of us god gives the gift of prophecy so he's given us the gift of prophecy and so what happens when a person comes for the first time to the church okay they come i lay on hands and i pray for the person and the Holy Spirit begins to speak through my mouth. The Holy Spirit uses my mouth, my tongue, to speak. And he begins to speak and speak and tell them things. 
And that which he is speaking, it's not coming from my thoughts, it's not coming from my heart, but it's just my mouth, those words come out. They come out. And so when those words come out of my mouth, sometimes I lift them up to my thoughts to sort of process them, of course, to process. And so that I do not forget what is being said to this person. This is prophecy. So God tells that person, you are very sad or you have been sick. You have a disease, but I'm going to heal you. You have a deadly disease, but I'm going to heal you. Or you will carry out a business or go on a trip. Or you're going to buy or sell or do not do that business with that person. God speaks whatever he wants to that person according to the problem that they're experiencing or going through. And that is the gift of prophecy. That is prophecy. That God is there speaking in that moment. And that is with the gift of prophecy. So, the gift of prophecy, now again, we are speaking of the spiritual gifts and their manifestations. Now, how is the gift of prophecy manifested? Well, it's different from a prophet. The prophet of the New Testament. The prophet of the gospel of Jesus Christ. Now, the function or the way that God uses that prophet is a bit similar to the prophets of the time of antiquity. Now, it's that in, at any given moment, God can reveal to that person, to the prophet, reveals something to them. Reveals things that when he prays or asks God for someone, God then speaks to them about that person when they make petitions. And so this prophet, God, can give them a revelation or someone can come and say, look, Please, I'm going to go through with a business and I'm worried because tomorrow I'm going to go through a surgery and the surgery is very serious and, and, I, and, and I'm scared. And so the prophet or the prophetess, if God wants, he reveals in that moment and he speaks to that person and says, don't worry, your surgery is going to go well and go in peace because your surgery is going to be a success. God will be with you. And so what does God do? God is supporting those words. And all that which was spoken is fulfilled without the need of that person having to actually lay on hands and giving them prophecy. Only with them simply speaking, God acts. That's the work of the prophet, which is different. And so, of course, in the church, there are many brothers and sisters with these spiritual gifts of prophecy. And they are prophets and prophetesses. This we also have in the church. And I want you to discover it for yourself. That's, that's, that's the joke. And so here, in the prophecy, prophecy is used to edify the spiritual life of the person who's coming. Now a woman came. A woman came for the first time, sad and crying and suffering. She, she was suffering and she came. And I laid hands upon her. And I prayed and the Lord spoke to her and said, do not worry about your husband. Do not separate. Do not think of separating from your husband because he loves you. That's what he said to her. Well, with that phrase of saying, your husband loves you, this woman melted because she was going to get a divorce because she discovered that he had another lover. And so she was very hurt. She felt that the world had fallen upon her and she was going to get a divorce. Now, she shared that with a sister, a friend of hers, and she said, go to church. 
and to receive prophecy. Now, she was not of the church, but she came on her own to receive prophecy. And the Lord very beautifully, the Lord knowing that her husband had an affair, but the Lord said to her, your husband loves you. Well, with that, it was enough for her to forgive him and to continue on with their life and their marriage. And the Lord, of course, performed the miracle of taking away that other woman he had, and they lived together two more years because two years later, he became ill and he passed away. But she was happy because she said, my marriage was for, the re for our entire life together. And so how beautiful it is and that's the gift of prophecy this is what it means that it's for edification that, what did this woman receive she received edification why she was destroyed her heart was destroyed she was without comfort sad she was going to get a divorce she was going to ruin everything after 30 years of marriage and so the holy spirit with prophecy so it says, he who prophesies speaks edification to men. This woman was edified. Edified psychologically as well as physically because she continued in her marriage. It's that. And prophecy, it says, it's also for exhortation. Well, exhortation is do this, do that. You, as once a, a, a group of young of young people came to the church and they received prophecy and the Lord said to them, you are thieves. You are stealing and taking things from other people, their belongings. Repent. Do not do this. You have the age in which you can work. Do not do this because you will then be taken to prison and you will suffer. This is exhortation. So the Lord told them, repent, do not do this anymore. If you want to live a peaceful life, well then come to the church. Seek the things of the Lord and he will give you joy and give you blessings. This is exhortation. Exhortation is to speak and exhort and to give advice and guidance and to say to people, do this and that or don't do that and don't do this. This is exhortation. It is to give advice and guidance for what is good. Now, remember those young men did not do, did not pay, uh, did not take heed and days later, they were then imprisoned. And so it says prophecy speaks exhortation to men and prophecy also speaks for comfort to men, to comfort them. As in the case of the woman who was bitter, she was also edified. She was bitter and upset about her marriage because she was edified and comforted. Because remember, when the Lord said that her husband still loved her, all of those feelings went away because in knowing that her husband still loved her, she felt peace and happy. And that's beautiful. And so edification, exhortation, and comfort, this is what the Holy Spirit does with the gift of prophecy. He comforts a person. There are people that are sad because they don't have money. They have no work. They don't have what they need or sufficiently what they want to enjoy. And so they suffer. And so these people come and the Holy Spirit through prophecy, he tells them, do not be sad. I will open doors for you. 
of work and I will also give you extra money the Lord says and you will be buying the furniture that you have longed for or you'll be going on that trip that you've longed to make because I will give you that blessing so this person is comforted because they say yes I want that and they're comforted and even more comfort and joy will come to pass when God fulfills that word that comfort is then complete and so the gift of prophecy as the apostle says he is the greatest of the gifts why well it is used to edify a person so that this person does not go and commit suicide that they should not take their life god resolves the problem for them and teaches them comforts them god he performs those miracles in people's lives and so this is why prophecy is so important and so time has run by and run out and we've spoken about prophecy now here in the end when there's some very beautiful verses concerning prophecy that people they come to church in verse 23 therefore if the whole church comes together in one place and all speak with tongues and there come in those so those who are newcomers who don't know the doctrine and come in those who are uninformed or unbelievers these people they will say that you are out of your mind what is this you're all speaking with tongues but verse 24 now if all prophesy and an unbeliever so a newcomer or an uninformed person someone who doesn't know the doctrine it says he is convinced by all why because they are all prophesying so surely they received prophecy from five people five people laid hands upon them gave them prophecy and he says he is convinced by all he is convicted by all and thus the secrets of his heart are revealed and so falling down on his face he will worship god and report that god is truly among you how beautiful it is concerning the different functions of the spiritual gifts and so you see the gift of prophecy is so important it says that he is convinced by all and he is convicted by all and the secrets of his heart are revealed yes the secrets of his heart because well people they keep secrets of their life in their heart secrets that no one else knows and the holy spirit in prophecy tells them these secrets to convince them that it is god who is speaking to them and it says he's convicted convinced by all he is convicted by all and yes there was once a woman who came to the church and we laid hands upon her and she received prophecy and in the prophecy the lord said you you have in your womb a mortal a, a deadly sickness you will die because of the sickness you have in your womb and the sickness you've had since you took the life of a child you did not want to have you did not want to have that child and that child left behind this deathly sickness and you will die and your children will be left orphans this is being convicted 
by all. So if all prophesy in one place and a person comes in for the first time who don't know the doctrine or they're unbelieving and it says that they are convinced by all, he is convicted by all and the secrets of his heart are revealed. This woman, she hid in her heart the fact that she went through and carried out an abortion because she then confessed and said, I had an abortion. I paid to have an abortion performed. And yes, that child's life was taken and it left behind a cancer. And so the Lord said this to her. This, what was, this was what was hidden in her heart. She had done that in secret and God revealed it in prophecy. And God convicted her for it for her convicted her of it and said she would die of that cancer and so she began to cry and repented asked God for mercy and so the Lord said to her as you have repented as you, as you have repented I will give you an opportunity another opportunity and I will give you longer days your children will not be left orphaned you will see them grow up and become professionals and so that came to pass and this is called if all prophesy an unbeliever or an uninformed person comes in, he is convinced by all and he is convicted by all and thus the secrets of his heart are revealed. And so this person then falls down on their face and will worship God and report that God is truly among us. That's This is it. These are the spiritual gifts and their manifestations. This is what we live and what we practice here in our church, in the Church of God Ministry of Jesus Christ International. Now, of course, in the church, many people will come. Many people come and congregate. Many people come. And among all of those people, there are people that are unbelieving. A lot of people who have not been sincere, who have not wanted to convert to God. They don't want to seek Him. And so, what is the end or the objective of God in having given the spiritual gifts in his church and he did not give them to the people of the time of antiquity to the people of Israel they did not enjoy this manifestation of the spiritual gifts but the new people the nation that the Lord is forming with his gospel this nation God has given the spiritual gifts to and the manifestations to each person for what why what is the objective? What is the purpose? First, it is so that there is growth in the congregation. Growth in the church, physically, physical growth, so that many men and women convert to God, come and congregate to praise and worship the Lord. The other, it is for the spiritual growth of the believer. Those who are already in the congregation and have converted to God, they have accepted the Lord. They have lived now all of these experiences and they are living an upright, holy life before God. And so it is for their spiritual growth. That's what the spiritual gifts are for. The spiritual gifts are so that one may pray for another. They must pray for one another, the Lord says, and that is with the spiritual gifts. Praying for one another is laying on hands, prophesying, laying on hands, and imparting that gift of healing, laying on hands, and imparting 
those gifts and having that deliverance, those who have discernment and rebuking witchcraft and sorcery that people have. That's what it's for, that growth that God gives. And so those who have the spiritual gifts, they are men and women who are now perfect before God? No. God gives the spiritual gifts to people so that they convert to God. And he gives them the baptism with the Holy Spirit so that they may believe God exists, that there is a God in spirit and truth that manifests and so that people may believe that truly there is a supreme being a supernatural being that exists and so this then allows that person to continue forward okay now you see that i exist so continue forward and be perfected sanctify yourself and repent do not sin anymore I will give you the spiritual gifts so that you sin no longer. And so the Lord gives the spiritual gifts and that person, well, as it turns out, maybe they were a fornicator, an adulterer, or they were a drunk, or they were a drug addict, or they were a liar, they were a conman, a liar, a greedy, and a, a, a vengeful. And so the Lord, he gives the spiritual gifts to that person it brings them and he gives them those spiritual gifts so that they change so that they repent god expects this man or this woman to change with those spiritual gifts and so as it turns out all of the group of people receive the spiritual gifts and many change to a holy life, a perfect life, an upright life, to lead an upright, perfect life before God. But others, they remain stagnant in their sinful life. And they are camouflaged with the spiritual gifts. And so then they say, well, I lay on hands. Well, I'm here laying on hands and I'm prophesying. And others, well, I, I step onto the pulpit and I carry out the worship segment. And there, in your life, you're committing adultery, committing adultery. You're doing other things that are un not correct. But, as you say, well, I've already been baptized with the Holy Spirit. I have the gift of laying on hands. So you see them laying on hands. This is how they're hiding their sin. They're camouflaging, and God had given them the spiritual gifts so that they change and repent. But people did not want. Some did. They have changed. They have prospered. They've progressed, and we see them in a high spiritual level. And others that are there camouflaged, who do not want to repent, and God has given them many opportunities. Do you know how many opportunities God has given them? Ten years. 15 years, even more, God has given them an opportunity, giving them the spiritual gifts, and this person is still living in sin. They are committing sins in secret. Who knows the sin? Oh, well, their wife or their husband or their children. They know their sin. Oh, and that's how you're going to church now? Well, that's how they live their life, but as it as we see in Matthew 7.22, we see what is in store for this group of people. Here, to conclude, let us go to Matthew. I think we've gone 
overtime. I think I need to have a clock here in the next time because I do get very excited and I know that sometimes you get tired, especially the children, but you can allow the children to eat while we have the teaching. I give you that permission. <laughs> very well. Matthew 7, 22. Let's take a look at what Matthew 7, 22, what the Lord is saying to this group. Of all of the group that God gives spiritual gifts to, there is a group who grew, who continued and prospered and triumphed. And today they're in high spiritual levels in, in that life in the Lord. Blessed is our God. But others, another group that is just pretending, pretending that they have those spiritual gifts, but they're at home in their private life, they are sinning. This is what awaits them in Matthew 7, 22. 21. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, this is, this is spoken by Jesus Christ. Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. And doing the will of the Father, well, is keeping the commandments. Keeping the commandments is not to sin. Not to sin is not being greedy, a covetousness, um, a vengeful or selfish, envious, a blast, committing blasphemy, adultery, and getting drunk that lives off of drugs, all of that. That is not keeping the commandments of the Lord, and that is not doing the will of the Father who is in heaven. And so I repeat, not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Now the Lord says, many, many will say to me in that day when they are in my presence, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And the Lord will declare to them, he says, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. He says, depart from me. I never knew you, you who practice lawlessness. So I gave you 10 years. I gave you 15 years. I gave you so much time, so much of an opportunity to repent, and you did not want to. Those spiritual gifts that I gave you, you threw on the dirt. You despise them. You blemish them with your disobedience, with your adultery, with your fornication, and all of these things. And so, brothers and sisters, these are the spiritual gifts and their manifestations. And what they're used for, well, now we know why God established them. It's so that men and women could be perfect and repent and live an upright life before the Lord. But for those that are disobedient, as they did not want to continue and follow as it happens here the lord says one day he will say depart depart from me i never knew you but they will say but we prophesied in your name yes i gave you the gift of prophecy and you prophesied and you worked but what you did not didn't you continue living in sin you went and you sinned so i don't need you go leave my presence and may those who are faithful come those who did change when I gave them spiritual gifts, they changed and they were perfect and they walked in that path of perfection. Let them come to my presence. This is what the Lord will say. And so these two paths, we have shown them today. So take a look and see what you will do. 
and observe those spiritual gifts. They are beautiful, but it is this great responsibility God has given to us in our life so that we present ourselves before him to bring many fruits. May the honor and the glory be for our God. Let us pray, O Heavenly Father. Thank you, Holy Father. Thank you, Lord, for teaching us. Thank you, Lord, for showing us these two paths. Thank you, Holy Father. But we give you even more thanks, Lord, when you help us. When you have helped us and you have taken us by the hand down the upright path, the righteous path, through the path of truth. For this is the path, Lord, that we do not want to lose ourselves from. We want to continue forward and triumph. We want to reach the very last day of our lives, to be there in this fight and reach that goal with your help, by your hand, O oh, blessed Lord. All praises and glory are for you. The glory is for you and we praise you, Lord. We bless you and holy is your name and powerful. Omnipotent God, you are almighty and just and merciful, kind and slow to anger and great and mercy. Blessed and praised is your name forevermore. We praise you and we bless you and we thank you. Thank you, Lord, for your love. Thank you for your mercy. Thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness. Thank you for all of those things, Lord, that you give us because we never lack anything because you have made us marvelous promises and you keep them and you fulfill them all in our lives. Thank you. Hallelujah. You are powerful, Lord. We praise you. We give you the honor and the glory in the glorious name of Jesus Christ, your beloved Son. Thank you, my Lord. And now, Holy Father, I pray that in your mercy and love, all according to your promises, I pray, Father, that you extend your hand upon all those people who are in need all the people who need physical healing, people who also need that psychological healing, those who need also material goods to be able to survive. They need what is necessary. They need the money, health, and work. They need a home and clothing and food. Those who need their problems to be resolved. Those, Lord, who suffer and that are slaves to the enemy. Those who have had witchcraft and sorcery cast against them and have also cursed them. They have spoken these curses against them, but Lord, do not allow these curses to surge in the life of these people. Remove, remove all witchcraft and sorcery that abunds and take away that power from the enemy so that he does not harm people. And look and observe upon all of those who are suffering and crying. May you dry the tears of each person, give them joy and happiness and peace. Hear their prayers, hear their cry and laments. And out of your mercy, Lord, we pray in the name of Jesus Christ. To him be all the glory, all praise now and evermore. Amen. And thanks be to the Lord. Glory to our God. We will sing to the Lord, chorus number 14, titled, We Will See Our Lord Coming in the Clouds. So that group of obedient people, that group that is walking down that path of perfection, will one day be in the clouds to receive our God of glory. And we want to be there. Blessed is our Lord.
Veremos en las nubes al Señor cuando venga con poder. Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, los profetas y los muertos en Jesús. Seremos transformados con poder en un momento. Amén. Subiremos en las nubes a encontrarle. Aleluya. Amén. Amén. Subiremos en las nubes a encontrarle. Señor, cuando venga con poder, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, los profetas y los muertos en Jesús, seremos transformados con poder. En un momento, amén, subiremos en las nubes a encontrarle, aleluya, amén, amén, subiremos en las nubes a encontrarle. Thanks be to our God for His mercy and how beautiful is our Lord and how good He is. And thanks, my dear brothers and sisters, I love you in the Lord. I love you very much and all of the people, all the people that are currently connected. Blessings to you all. May God be with you always. Thank you.